Welcome to Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, psychedelic SPACs, eczema frenzy, buyouts without the biobucks, back on track, and the mega deal that wasn't. views expressed on Life Science Today are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations with which they are affiliated. Mounting evidence for clinical efficacy of previously illicit drugs suggests that approvals are on the way by the mid-2020s. The cannabis industry continues to see significant gains, driving increased research and massive investment. But they're not the only bioactive compounds to see investment. Psychedelics are seeing a reemergence as well. A wide range of significant evidence supports the use of psilocybin, a psychedelic prodrug mushroom derivative, to treat a range of mental health conditions. A new SPAC highlights just how much momentum there is in the space. Eleusis is going public through a SPAC valuing the company at $446 million and raising $250 million to drive intravenous modified psilocybin delivery to treat depression. For long-term therapy, oral psilocybin may not be appropriate. Eleusis molecule, ELE, silo, is set to enter phase one clinical trials this year. There remain some complex legal hurdles for these medications as restrictions from the era of the war on drugs continue to hinder certain research and distribution. But with real money driving validated clinical research, if Eleusis doesn't pave this road, another company certainly will. Leo Pharma earned FDA approval for their atopic dermatitis treatment, Adbury, right at the end of 2021. But In the last week, the field of new therapies has gotten really crowded really fast. AbbVie received FDA approval for their daily oral Renvoke to treat moderate to severe atopic dermatitis in children 12 plus and adults. Pfizer also received FDA approval for their JAK1 inhibitor, Sibinoquio, an unpronounceable word, C-I-B-I-N-Q-O, to treat adults with the same condition. While tough for pharma, this is really good for patients. All three medications have slightly different risk profiles. Only one, Renvoke, is approved for children. Both Renvoke and Sabinco are oral, while Abri is an injection. AbV's Renvoke is a broad jack inhibitor that has previous approvals for other autoimmune inflammatory conditions like certain forms of arthritis. Pfizer's Sabinco is also a jack inhibitor, but more narrowly focused on Janase kinase 1. Adbury, on the other hand, is a monoclonal antibody targeting IL-13, but it must be injected. For people suffering from atopic dermatitis, this newfound range of options is a great advancement. With different mechanisms of action, it's likely one therapy may more directly target the underlying causes of a given person's eczema. UCB has announced the $1.9 billion acquisition of Zogenics to broaden their epilepsy portfolio. Zogenics oral solution, Fentepla, is already approved to treat Dravet syndrome in the US and is in the process of being approved in Japan and Europe, while additional indications are in late phase trial. This will be combined with UCB's existing access to the space. 
Zogenics received a robust 72% premium on their share price in this buyout, which stands at the higher end of what I've seen recently and is likely reflective of the maturity and early commercialization position of their pipeline. There's a relatively small $2 per share premium for milestones. I think altogether, it shows UCB sees themselves in a strong position to increase utilization during a commercial rollout across the globe which is why there's a high premium, nearly flat cost to this acquisition when compared to other more BioBucks focused deals we frequently see on this show. At the end of November, we had a story of Cura Oncology having their leukemia study placed on hold after a patient's death. At the time, it was thought that differential syndrome, DS, was at fault. We noted that this is a known potential side effect in patients treated with similar therapies, but with proper medical oversight, most instances are treatable. The FDA has now lifted their partial hold on Cura, and they can resume recruitment for this early phase trial, with additional precautions in place for future DS events. If DS remains a side effect of this medication, there may be dampened investor excitement. But... With promising preclinical data and orphan drug designation, phase 1b and phase 2 studies will continue back on track. How worried should we be about DS events in the future? I think that sort of depends on how effective the therapy is. GSK has rejected a $68 billion buyout of their consumer health division from Unilever. The two global giants have been back and forth, and this third proposal was outright rejected, with GSK thinking they're undervalued and Unilever disagreeing. This could have been one of the first mega buyouts of the year and a chance for GSK to reposition away from consumer health while the pharma industry heads into a time of transition. But that is not meant to be. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of Zoom calls going on in the background to see if this deal can be salvaged. But with the public eye on the no-go, this may be one for the scrap heap. On the stock market side, Unilever was the one to suffer from the failed buyout, dropping 9% as a recording. But I doubt it impacts their underlying value. It may just be time for plan B. Thanks for joining me for Life Science Today, your source for stories, insights, and trends across the life science industry. Learn more at lifesciencetodaypodcast.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week.